It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. I hope everybody had a good weekend. We are now in the month of August. It continues to be a weird time. We're waiting on the official SEC schedule for this fall. That should be coming out soon. Coming up here in segment number one of today's show, which is presented by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. This year is very different. So you look for players to step up, right? You look for guys who can help lead the way through different and challenging circumstances. So in segment number one, I'm going to identify three leaders I think who could emerge on the offensive side of the ball for Tennessee and three leaders to pay attention to on the defensive side. The conversation can go deeper than that, but I'm going to go three and three here in the first segment of today's show. In segment number two, Blake Lovell is going to stop by as he joins the show each week, and we'll discuss the new SEC schedule that will come out for this upcoming season, 10 games, conference only. His thoughts on that. Also, the NBA draft decision. Eve Ponds, how challenging that is to try to figure out with everything that's going on. That's coming up in segment number two. And then in segment number three, something that I guess could make its way to the SEC could affect Tennessee. That's the big story out of the Pac-12 with some demands from Pac-12 football players. So I'll get to that coming up in the final segment of today's show. It's Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And uh, you've probably heard all the keywords here in the last four or five months. This year is unprecedented. There is the unknown factor, everything that continues to get repeated. What I think everybody would agree with is that this is going to be a more challenging kind of season to figure out. Players and coaches have not had a normal offseason. Players are trying to step up in new and bigger roles in some cases, like on Tennessee's offensive line, Wanya Morrison, Darnell Wright, and Karon Calvert, they're going to compete and challenge for playing time, but also playing in bigger spots. Last year, Morris and Wright were freshmen who came in with you know, big expectations and big accolades, but if they struggled at times, that was going to be okay. This year, they're expected to take a big leap. And then at middle linebacker, inside linebacker, Quavaris Crouch is a guy that's going to be playing a bigger role probably with Daniel Batuli gone, and somebody at safety has to step up with Nigel Warrior out. What about the guys that have to step up in leadership positions? Batuli's gone. Warrior, Daryl Taylor on the offensive side, Juwan Jennings, he was absolutely an emotional leader. You can find video of him on the practice field firing up his teammates, and he said after that Georgia State loss, it's not a one-game fight here. We're going to keep going, and they did that. They backed up. They followed the lead of Juwan Jennings. Who can help with that this year considering all that's gone on? I think despite the loss of several key veterans a year ago, I think there are a number of candidates. The first guy that comes to mind for me, and I'd say for you probably, will be Trey Smith. He's a senior. He's Tennessee's best player. He's incredibly respected. Consider everything that he's gone through off the field to be able to play on the field and how much he's shown that he cares about football, his teammates, the program, what's going on off the field. Trey Smith is the total package. You cannot find a better leader, a guy that is going to be probably your best player this upcoming season, and also the most respected guy off the field, or at least very high on that list, if that's the criteria you're looking for. So Trey Smith is just an obvious answer, and having him back for that offensive line group, while it has a ton of talent and has high expectation, 
you're still talking about young guys, Morris and Wright, and now Chrisak Perogane is going to try to play a bigger role, and uh, we'll see what some of the younger guys are able to do, at least with the depth chart. But it's it's an offensive line that's trying to come together. Cade Mays is a junior. He's played a lot, but he's due to the program. Having Trey Smith there to help lead the group, Brandon Kennedy as well, I think that can be a real boost for Tennessee's offense. And by the way, I'm going to try to go to different position groups when I talk about the leaders that I think could emerge for Tennessee in 2020. So Trey Smith is my first name that comes to mind for the team and on the offensive side. The next guy, I think you hope that he emerges as a big-time leader for the team, and I think he needs to be, is Jarrett Garantano. He's a fifth-year senior. He's played a lot of football. He's a quarterback, and he's also a part of a room with a lot of young players, guys that have more experience than a year ago. You remember, I think it was during fall camp, there's a video there on the practice field, and Brian Maurer maybe had a bad throw or something. He's running, and he has his head down, and there's the video of Jarrett picking him back up. And then think about later in the season. Jarrett's actually been benched for the Georgia game. Brian Maurer gets knocked out in the fourth quarter. Jarrett goes out there and helps pick him up, literally, to bring him back to the sideline. And then later on, when Jarrett's back playing at quarterback, the young quarterbacks were still there to support him. That's a really good sign of the relationships in that room. Jarrett goes in as the starter at quarterback for Tennessee. You absolutely hope that he is a leader. And then with Jawan Jennings gone and Marquez Callaway gone, and I would kind of include... Domwood Anderson in this conversation, the pass catchers, you need somebody to step up in that group. I think Josh Palmer is an obvious candidate. One, he's a guy that's played a lot. I think he's a good player. He could be a really good player for Tennessee this upcoming year. He's been a part of the Vol Leaders program off the field for Tennessee. So he's a guy that's respected for how he carries himself. He's going to be one of Tennessee's best players. I don't know that he's a big vocal leader, but he's a guy that in a room with a bunch of freshman receivers who are going to compete for playing time, and you have D'Angelo Gibbs who's going to try to work into that spot, and Bayless Jones is a veteran, but he's new to the wide receiver group. Josh Palmer, to me, is an obvious candidate to lead. Now let's go to the defensive side. Henry Tooto has to step up, right? He doesn't have any other choice but to lead at inside linebacker. This can kind of come back to a younger Trey Smith part of the conversation. Henry is one of Tennessee's best players. He might be Tennessee's best defensive player. That's the guy that I would pick. He's also a guy that played a lot last year. So he's a a young player, really talented, but he's played a lot of football. He was out there from day one and played all the way through the season. I think he's really respected. He's a guy that carries himself the right way, and that's going to be a trend here. So Henry Tooto at inside linebacker with Daniel Batuli gone seems like an obvious choice. The next guy I would go to is Elante Taylor. He's a junior. He's played a pretty good amount. He's one of Tennessee's better players. He also is the 2020 SEC Football Leadership Council vice chair. So if he is respected at that level in the SEC, I would think with Nigel Warrior gone and you're still looking for some uh, veteran leadership in the secondary, Elante is an obvious choice. Bryce Thompson's played a lot. Sean Schamberger has played a lot. But I think Elante Taylor is your choice there in the secondary for leadership. And then how about the defensive line? The defensive line has a lot of veterans, a number of players who now have a better idea how to go about things on the practice field. And once you get into a game, the rotation, they're going to be more comfortable. New position coach, I know, with Jimmy Brumbaugh there. But I think the guy that would stand out is probably Matthew Butler. I'm not going to say that he's Tennessee's best defensive lineman. That's the case with Trey Smith and Josh Palmer among the receivers probably and Henry Tooto at linebacker. I don't know if Butler's Tennessee's best defensive lineman, but he's a good player for Tennessee, no doubt. He was a part of the Vol Leaders program as well. And Butler's a guy that 
plays at a high level. He led all Tennessee defensive linemen last year with 44 tackles. He started four games for Tennessee last year, played in all the games, and was a big part of the rotation. So a guy who has received academic honors, he's a leader off the field for Tennessee with the Vol Leaders Academy program, and he's a good player on the field and a senior. So I think Matthew Butler would be a good choice of a player that you're looking for to help lead up front and overall on the defensive side of the ball. I just chose six guys. I think there are other players who will be leaders either vocally or just with the way that they prepare. Like Ty Chandler with the running backs, I think you look for him to help lead. Eric Gray, who's still a younger player, he's a sophomore, and now you have some freshman newcomers who are going to try to find playing time as well. Ty Chandler, he's a senior. He would be somebody you look to lead that position group, especially with Tim Jordan gone. Overall, you look for players to step up. It happened a year ago, and I think it helped Tennessee turn things around as the season got off to a bad start and then went in a better direction this year with a weird offseason and different kind of preparation, no doubt. This is where you look for those leaders to help step up and get Tennessee ready for the start of the season, which we know will be pushed back a few weeks to September 26th. I'm going to talk about that with Blake Lovell coming up next, the new plan that the SEC came up with and announced late last week. That's coming up next on Locked on Vols, today presented by rockauto.com. If you are looking for a website to make everything easy for you, if you're shopping for parts for your vehicle, you need to go to rockauto.com. And if you're thinking about needing to go to an auto parts store to find something for your vehicle, one, the process of that can be a big hassle. Also, it can be costly, and you might not find a lot of options for what you need. You will at rockauto.com. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. It's a respected website, and they make it easy for you. They have a catalog with a number of different options from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet rockauto.com can deliver for you. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that are available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. I want to welcome to the show Blake Lovell. You can find him on Twitter at the Blake Lovell. He's worked with Locked On SEC. He checks CBB.com, covering the world of uh, college sports, the SEC. And uh, Blake, of course, the news late last week, Thursday afternoon, the SEC announced it's going a ten-game conference-only schedule, which is to be finalized here soon. What was your initial reaction to that news that the SEC is going to do away with non-conference games this fall? Yeah, Josh, I think we we kind of discussed that possibility, uh, I guess, several weeks ago now. Um, And I think we all sort of thought that's what it was headed towards once we saw some of the other conferences. And, you know, everyone said, well, everybody's going to make their own decision because that was the thing about how the NCAA is kind of not putting a a uniform stance on this for everyone. Because I guess technically you can't because of how things are different in every different part of the country. But I think we knew that's probably where things were headed. Uh, Not really surprised by it. I think everyone 
um, probably at this point is now just at least you know what the schedule looks like. And I think that was going to be the biggest thing because it was, are we going to have a season? Are we not going to have a season? Which again, I'd like to point out, like everything is still, I think, to be determined, but at least you have something in play in terms of, okay, this is what our schedule is going to look like. I know we're still waiting to kind of find out what the opponents are going to be for all these SEC teams. Uh, but for the most part, uh, this is probably to be expected at this point. Yeah, I mean, I mean you're right. Uh, we don't know that they're going to play a season. This is just the latest with yep. the planning. And, and if, I'll say again, we're all hoping for sure that they are able to play a football <laughs> season. Uh, and I know it goes a lot deeper than that. But do you think it was important for the SEC to go ahead and announce some kind of plan as opposed to just delaying some kind of decision because they are delaying the start of the season I I thought it was important to at least get something out so we can talk about a plan that's in place would you agree with that was it important do you think to get something done last week I completely agree and and I think one of the things and I I talked with someone you know a colleague about this in terms of you know everyone likes to for some reason and and I know fans are, are fans and you know the refereeing and stuff in multiple sports is something you can always point towards the commissioner and say oh it's Greg Sankey's fault and all sure. this and I know people like to have fun with that but I think for the most part like this is I thought he did a really good job with this whole scenario because you know you give yourself a little more time by pushing back the start of the season uh, because again you don't know that you want to be making a set you know decision right now when it comes to your season and I think by delaying it a bit, it gives you a little more time to see how things play out. Also, it gives you time to look at the NFL and see what things are going to look like, assuming that the NFL starts their season on time, which you know would obviously be playing uh, several weeks before the start of the SEC schedule at this point, if everything holds to form there with the NFL. So I think it gives you some options. And I think you know if they would have decided, look, we're going to start the season here at the end of August, uh, you know, the first of of September then I think things would have been, you know, a little bit more dicey because you wouldn't have had anything except for the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball. But again, those are different sports. And so I think maybe having that look at the NFL, we know college and professional are different. And we've already seen, you know, some of the Pac-12 players and all this, you know, that's going to be, I think, a battle in terms of what that's going to look like. But it at least gives you sort of a reference point going into a season that's really going to be filled with a lot of unknowns. So you announce it now. At least you know what you're going to be doing. You know that's what you're going to focus on. And you at least have something you can look at uh, before you actually kick off your season. Talking to Blake Lovell and uh, Blake listeners here on the show are probably tired of hearing me bring up the fact that there's no one direction for college athletics, but I really did find it fascinating last week that in a five-day span, less than that really, you have a school from the Big 12 announced they're moving up the start of their season to August 29th. Uh, Oklahoma says we're going August 29th. The SEC says we're going September 26th. The Pac-12 says the same. And <laughs> the day before that, the ACC says, ah, week is September 12th and we're going to do a non-conference game. <laughs> so, the, I mean, the lack of uniformity among the power conferences, which do communicate with each other at some point, that really does fascinate me yeah it is for sure and i think that's why everyone you know once we started seeing this play out and i I've keep you know kind of looking looking at it and it's like days and months run together at this point i can't remember what we yeah. were talking about when um or what the developments were or when they were i think that's the thing uh, they always look back at but it's like you know everyone was saying when, when this first started it was like okay well what's is the ncaa going to do something here to where there's going to be a decision made that's going to basically put it in the hands of the NCAA versus the hands of these individual conferences. And I think the more you thought about it, it's like, well, you know, because it is different everywhere, and I think the numbers are going to continue to be different in a lot of different places, 
Um, you know, it, it's hard to know exactly what the right answer is if the NCAA was making this decision. So now, you know, having these different conferences making them as much as they talk to each other, I think they're still looking at it knowing that, hey, everyone's first priority is going to be, you know, the health of everyone, uh, the players, the coaches, the staff, everyone involved. And so there are probably going to be some differences in terms of how these different conference commissioners look at what maybe is the best ideal scenario for their specific conference. And at the same time, you know, they're all going to be using each other as reference points. You know, I've mentioned the, the NFL and all that, but they're all going to be looking at each other and saying, hey, you know, we've got this. And so you've got one conference starting ahead, you know, not just going to have the NFL to look at. But I do think that's the one that I think fascinates me is, you know, just looking at how the NFL plays out. And we know, again, college football, you're all linked together uh, because it's college. But at the same time, I'm very fascinated to see uh, how things play out with the NFL, because I think there's a lot of things you can draw from that, especially, you know, if you're the ones that are starting later, like the SEC, and can maybe find some things that really work that, that are going to work out best for you. Hey, Blake, final item. Uh, football it comes first. It's the priority in a lot of the conversations. But uh, we've talked a lot about this basketball offseason. Isaiah Joe made the decision to return to Arkansas. That's good news for the Razorbacks. Uh, this has been a complicated process with the draft combine continuing to be postponed, if it happens at all. And uh, yeah. by the time you listen to this podcast, maybe something has developed. But you know, for Eve Ponds, he's had to continue to delay his decision and try to figure things out. For those guys, I feel for them. This is uh, for the guys trying to decide, do I go back to college or go? stay in the draft like eve uh this this cannot be a fun year to try to figure that out no it's not and and, you know i'm talking about this a lot over the past couple months it's just like you know people people wonder it's like what what choice should the kid make and i think it's a more interesting one than it's ever been because we don't know what college basketball is going to look like i think we at least have some type of uh, guidelines for what professional basketball is going to look like at this point. Now, the problem with that is if you're in the NBA, okay, but if you're trying to go play overseas somewhere, that becomes a much bigger issue, especially with the way things are right now, with travel and everything uh, with that. So I think that's where if you're one of these kind of fringe draft pick type of guys, or maybe you're someone that's going to go in that mid-second round, even you know somewhere earlier in the second round, I think unless you feel like you're a first-round draft pick, it becomes such a tougher decision now than maybe it has ever been because, okay, I decide to come back to college. What happens if the college season's canceled? Then, you know, how does that look for me? And and why didn't I just go to the pros knowing that, at least right now, the NBA has something in place, and we can say this right now, Josh, but again, we don't know how it's going to play out, but what the NBA is doing right now is working, at least from what we're seeing. And so uh, I think when you look at it that way, you know, the G League, all this other stuff, maybe the professional route for some of these guys, they're just going to take their chances with that because maybe it's more risky to come back. But to be honest with you, I felt like I knew the answer to that question, but I don't think you do know the answer to that question because I think it's different for every single guy. And that's why for ones like Eve Ponds, uh, for John Petty at Alabama, um, you know, Isaiah Joe, he's one, to be honest with you, I thought was going to the NBA. But the fact that he came back, some of these other guys, I think that some people thought were going to the NBA came back. Uh, maybe that's the trend we see with a couple other of these big ones here in the SEC. Yeah, part of the trend, the year of the unknown. You can follow Blake on Twitter at the Blake level. Blake, anything you want to plug before I get you out of here? Well, Josh, uh, you know, I'm actually working on something right now. You know, Blue Ribbon, uh, college basketball yearbook. We're getting ready to, to get this thing going so we can get that out before the start of the season, hoping the season starts uh, at least somewhat on time. But we're actually working on 
uh, something new with that. And we're going to be launching it here in a couple weeks, uh, playing right now around August 15th or so. And it's going to be a really fun resource uh, for not only fans, but for coaches and all sorts of stuff. And we're really excited about putting that together because, you know, Blue Ribbon has always been something, you know, your college basketball go to every single year. Uh, but we're not just going to have the yearbook. We're also going to have an online uh, deal going up here so we're really excited to launch that in a couple weeks so you can check all that out uh, the developments going on with that uh, over on twitter at the blake level that's awesome we'll uh, we'll continue to uh, look for that here in the next couple of weeks hey blake i appreciate the time as always thanks so much we'll talk again soon you got it my friend thanks thanks to blake for joining me here on today's show and he mentioned what's going on in the pack 12 coming up next an update from the conference out west as Players have a list of demands that they would like to see before the start of the 2020 season. I'll go over that. Rudy Carpenter, former Arizona State quarterback, now part of the media, on how realistic getting those demands met will be. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. I will provide a link in the show notes to the Players' Tribune article that came out over the weekend from players of the Pac-12. The headline is hashtag we are United. So you can read the entire article that was put out yourself there if you go to the show notes or you can go to theplayerstribune.com. I'll run through part of the list of demands that the players included in the Players' Tribune letter. It includes health and safety protections, including COVID-19 protections for this upcoming fall, also mandatory safety standards that would include COVID-19 measures for this upcoming year. The second demand includes protection for all sports. They are looking at preserving all existing sports by eliminating excessive expenditures. One idea that they have is that Larry Scott, the Pac-12 commissioner, administrators, and coaches to voluntarily and drastically reduce excessive pay. They would also recommend ending performance and academic bonuses and ending lavish facility expenditures and use some endowment funds to preserve all sports. They also ask for help in ending racial injustice in college sports and society and economic freedom and equality. They're looking for name, image, and likeness rights and representation and fair market pay rights and freedoms, including distributing 50% of each sport's total conference revenue evenly among athletes in their respective sports. I'll tell you right now, I don't see that last part happening. There are more demands that they have. Again, you can read the entire story at theplayerstribune.com. Last week, Rudy Carpenter said, hey, something's coming here from the Pac-12 players. This was before the article came out on Sunday. Rudy Carpenter, former Arizona State quarterback, now in the media, was a guest on Three Man Front on WJOX in Birmingham, and he was asked, okay, how realistic are some of these demands that the players have? Here's what Rudy said, as he's pretty skeptical. I don't really know how many of the demands that they have are are really attainable at all. I, I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of misconceptions, um, uh, I believe, um, in college athletics, and and there are there are programs, whether it's Texas A&M or Alabama or some of these SEC schools that are that are very very profitable, making a lot of money. Um, 
And, and I think that these players and even people around the country feel like the, the wealth needs to be shared more. I think that's, uh, for whatever reasons, that's not my views, but for whatever reasons, that's also uh, a place where a, a large portion of the country is right now um, uh, on some of these economic issues. With that being said, though, we're seeing programs like Stanford who, who have hundreds of millions of dollars in endowment, if not more than that, I'm sorry, that was my ring device. If not more than that, um, uh, that are dropping sports programs. I believe Stanford's dropped 11 sports programs, right? Boise State's dropped some programs. There's been uh, schools all around the country that are dropping programs. People are being asked to take pay cuts. You know, I, I also don't think people understand that from a football standpoint, even though they bring in a lot of money, football is really what uh, keeps afloat all of these other programs, especially since Title IX has become a mainstay in, in, in college football. So I believe that there's, there's, there needs to be something done, um, and I think one of the best ways to get some of these players paid, uh, in, in my view, is definitely through name, image, and likeness, and that's going to be something that's going to have to be worked out you know, over the course of the next few years. As far as these guys being paid, by the colleges, I just don't see how that's going to happen. I don't see the pay thing happening from schools. I think name, image, likeness is a matter of time, and uh, I'd say the time is running out if the NCAA is going to try to stop it. So in the next year or two, I think you'll probably see real movement toward players having name, image, and likeness opportunities, and that to me is the more reasonable way that's the more realistic way is probably the better word to use to see it happening because that does open it up to all sports the revenue generating sports football men's basketball but also non-revenue sports that don't make as much money through the schools the players though individually could find ways to profit off their name image likeness so it's a big story to follow and we'll see what happens as the Pac-12 on Friday announced that it's going to start the season September 26th with a 10-game conference schedule just like the SEC is planning to do, but you have this as well. The players are feeling more freedom, more power to speak up and do some negotiating, and this is one of those examples. I'm still skeptical that a a number of these things on the list will be met, but maybe something comes out of it. We'll see from the Pac-12, and we'll see if there's any response from other schools in other conferences. Could players in the SEC put something like this together as well? That's something to maybe pay attention to as well. So we'll continue to monitor what's going on with the SEC schedule as we will wait a few weeks longer to see the season. We'll also continue to hope that everything works out for the season this upcoming fall. As news develops, I will have you covered. I will be back tomorrow on Locked on Vols. Today's show, again, presented by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. And tell other Tennessee fans about Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I appreciate you hanging out. I'll see you here tomorrow. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.